could only see us twerking. We're twerking on our chairs. <laughs> huh. We're working and we're pop locking. I like to change the lyrics. Adam's family. Yeah. Weights, wine, and wisdom. wisdom. Oh, welcome to another episode of Weights, Wine, and Wisdom. Our Happy spooky Halloween. Yes, it's Halloween week. And we love it. I love, love, love Halloween time. I'm sorry. Do you like Halloween? I love it. <laughs> I love it. And all week, all month, I love it so much. So much. Well, <laughs> I'm actually really excited to hear your story. Yeah, you didn't tell me anything about it. But we have two I've, stories. I have two options. Oh, well, pick one. Yeah, I, I know, know the fucking know. fruit line. <laughs> um, we have some, if you guys ever listen to My Favorite Murder podcast, this is a twist on that. So basically what, I love My Favorite Murder. Love Her story is a twist on it. I kind of went the other direction. Well, that's fine. It, basically what they do is they just share two, uh, a story each. There's yeah. two hosts. Um, Karen and Georgia and they each share a story from a mystery a murder an unsolved mystery mm. spooky shit um, oh, I got spooky shit not always murders but um, <gasps> Ooh, I got spooky shit from my real life okay great uh, <laughs> keep that to yourself <laughs> um, so do you want to go first or you want me to go first you can go first okay I'm excited okay um, so, quick, quick oh, question though yep what's your costume this year. Oh, uh, I really don't like being a cat, but I'm going to be a fucking upgraded cat. So I'm going to be a leopard. <laughs> That's all I'm going to be. Because I'm not going, I have to work. So I'm not like going out. So I'm like super lame. <laughs> if I had the option. Yes. <clears throat> if I had three nights of Halloween, which I love three is nights usually, of Halloween. I love three nights of Halloween. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Okay. Thursday, yeah. Friday, Saturday. Usually. I mean, in college. I'm, I'm having like, two damn, nights of Halloween. I miss Halloween for real. It's um, one year. It's one year. It is one year. Next year. Throwing a fucking Halloween party. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I had to choose, I was going to do astronaut Barbie. Oh, yeah. um, so I was just going to get like a helmet and I had the rest of the outfit. Um, and then I was going to be, and then I thought of being uh, Rachel from Friends. Ooh. I was like, I could easily pull that outfit out. Um, and then I'm going to be a leopard because it's easy. I yeah. have cat ears. Yeah. Yeah. I'm legit going to be a leopard tomorrow at the clinic. I think my dream, my dream. Your dream costume? <laughs> my dream Halloween costume. No, if Everyone I had has a, dreams. No, I, I have a dream. Um, it would be, I want to be Cindy Lou Who and like a couple's costume. The yeah. guy, the guy's a Grinch. Like that is like Ooh. the funny. Ooh. I think it's so great. My two dream costumes as far as couples go. Three, three, one, Riker Ralph, Vanilla Pivon Sweets, right? Two, Beauty and the Beast. Three, I'm pregnant. <laughs> Okay, so uh-huh. we're talking in the when future. You're when mm-hmm. I'm pregnant, around, I want to be pregnant, like, enough to be showing. Okay, so you have to plan it, so you'd have to get pregnant in, like, probably July. Like, March. March. Oh, you really like, want to like, oh, be, want a Scorpio like, baby? You want, oh, like, a... Okay, well, I don't know when I want to be pregnant, but it's going to happen. <laughs> and I want to be pregnant around Halloween. No. Because I want to dress the bump for the Halloween costume. So I want to be him to be a skeleton, and then I'm a mom skeleton, and then I wear one of those shirts with the skeleton baby on the, on the thing. Or we have pumpkins baby pumpkin in my belly or I'm he's the dad I'm the mom I'm holding the pumpkin no okay I'm gonna paint my belly okay that's stupid okay yeah. <laughs> all right but the that other was dumb. cute yeah I think you can do I just want to wear you can do I better. just want to wear a dress for one okay you take me to a ball damn it wear a dress 
Okay. Be a fucking ghost. <laughs> but this year I'm going to be a leopard at clinic. I already have the onesie. Fucking copy me? No, I like we agreed on it. What are you doing on Saturday? Saturday, so it's a toss up. Either I wear the onesie again, or I am a jungle woman. Like Jane after she met Tarzan. Like, (laughs) like Jane when she moved to the jungle. Yeah, when she's in the jungle. Like I wear (laughs) costumes tonight, but I'm I'm ready. I'm excited. Yeah. Or I'll be like a lost. Jungle person, so I'll get get some. Wilson! <laughs> Wilson! Wilson! I'm sorry! Wilson! <laughs> I love that movie. By the oh, way, that's jungle, it's a beach. That's a, it's an there, island. But here's the thing. Island talking, jungle? I was talking to my sister Andreas about this yesterday regarding this costume, Moana, is the island has a jungle on it. Yeah. So right? jungle theme can be anything. They're like, no, it's an island. I'm like, no. An there's island a jungle, jungle on the island. Right. So you can be an islander. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not, I mean. <laughs> Damn it. I'm doing it. Whatever. Go for Jane. Oh, okay, I'll go, go for, for Jane. Okay. Go for Jane. Okay. Okay. So. Our Insert sp- spooky, spooky music. Scary music. <laughs> go. Some spooky shit. Let's go. Okay. Okay, so I have my story. It's the Teresa Buttes murder in 2009. Fair warning that it is um, a murder and there is rape involved. So just knowing that, listen at your own risk. Yep. Um, If it is triggering, I would encourage you just to not listen to this part. (laughs) (laughs) Please. Trigger warning. Yep. Trigger warning. On July 19th, 2009, two women, Teresa Butes, 38, and Jennifer Hopper, 36, were attacked in their Seattle home on South Rose Street. Now uh, now and then, Jennifer Hopper is a successful musician. I couldn't find out what Teresa Butes did, um, but they are a couple, so they're married. Or they were engaged, excuse me. So I'm just going to fucking read the story because okay. I fucking copy-pasted it. So on July 19th, they had dinner and then watched a movie um, and laid around the house. Uh, It was about midnight and Buttes checked the locks multiple times, like always. She brushed her teeth multiple times while flossing in between, like always. She took the left side of the bed, like always, right next to her water and her lip balm. Her partner, uh, Hopper, took the right side of the bed, like always, and they said goodnight. Hopper said, I kind of leaned into her and said, I love you so much. And she said, I know you do. And that was it. They went to sleep. I know you do. Like, I know you do. Like, I know you love me. I know. But then she says, I love you too so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, whatever. I know. That's fucking rude. Just kidding. (laughs) Rude, Teresa. Hopper reported that she was awakened at approximately 1.30 a.m. by the presence of a man standing over her and Buttes. The man was naked and holding a large butcher-type knife in his hand. By the way, this is a true story. I don't know if I premised that, but this is a true story. This is in takes place in Seattle, King County. Um, happened in two thousand nine. Okay. Um, uh, butcher type uh, butcher type knife in his hand. He told Hopper and Buttes, "I won't. I won't hurt you. All I want is some pussy." Mm. He directed them to both remove their clothing. I hate that word, but I said it. Buttes was already awake. Her partner remembers her saying. Sir, I'm on my period. The man's response said, I don't care. 
So she took off her pants and her shirt as well, and he got on top of her, and he started raping her. The man held on to the knife the whole time, kept it ready. Prosecutors uh, brought the alleged knife to court as evidence. It was more than a foot long from tip to handle. It's a big fucking knife. Over the course of the next 90 minutes, the man repeatedly sexually assaulted Hopper and Butes. He forcibly compelled Hopper and Butes to engage in multiple acts of vaginal, anal, and oral sex with him, raped them in every possible way. The man also ejaculated inside both women. After he completed a second series of sexual assaults, the man announced that their ordeal was only beginning. Hopper, so Jennifer Harper, or Hopper, bleh, Jennifer Hopper, visualized waiting, getting through this, the man leaving, then calling someone to come get them. At some point, he was done forcing Butes to perform oral sex, and the two women both scuttled up on the bed, backs against the headboard, knees pressed to chest, arms around knees. Butes told them their purses were in the kitchen, that they didn't have much cash, but he could get whatever he wanted. He said, I'm not going to hurt you. Don't worry, I'm not going to hurt you. Don't get too excited. That was just round one. <laughs> Seriously. He stood there leaning against the dresser in their bedroom, naked, knife in hand, staring. He wasn't smiling. He wasn't scowling. He was just staring. This is what Hopper said. Waiting for more pain was worse than experiencing the pain in the moment, is what Hopper said. This is Jennifer Hopper. So it's like the anticipation, which is like so scary. It's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, what's going to happen versus like, oh my God, he's stabbing me. Um, the prosecuting attorney asked how many rounds were there all together. There were three. Three rounds of sexual assault and like mm-hmm. um, physical abuse. Throughout the time that Hopper and Butes were being sexually assaulted, the man also physically assaulted them with a butcher knife. He repeatedly used the knife to cut the necks of both women. After a time, the physical assaults intensified. The man began cutting more aggressively on the necks of both women. Hopper, in particular, began to lose a large amount of blood. The attacks became more sadistic. Things began to happen that were beyond the worst imagining of, uh, of Hopper. She felt like she was going to be ripped in half. She thought, he's not going to kill me with a knife, but he's going to kill me this way. And then she heard her partner Butes say, why are you cutting me? Why are you cutting me? And the man said to Butes, shut up or I'm going to kill your girlfriend. He took the women into another room in the house where he pulled another knife out of a pair of jeans he'd left on the guest bed. The next thing Hopper heard was Butes saying, you got me, you got me, you got me. He had stabbed Butes in the heart. Oh my gosh. The man was slashing and stabbing Hopper too. He just cut, cut, cut. And this is a quote from her. He just cut, cut, cut. And I remember just feeling the blood come down. Some of the blood just spurting up and out. And I remember thinking, this is it. There's no way I can have my throat slit and live. There's no way. There's just no way. The next thing I remember him doing was switching his hand from a cutting motion to a stabbing motion. And you know, like when you grab like, like a beer bottle, for mm-hmm. example, it's like, oh, you're sipping it. But as soon as you turn your hand upside down, yeah. <laughs> you're ready to like smash yeah. the bottle. So it was the same kind of um, flip of the hand. Butes eventually was able to kick the man off the bed and she and Hopper attempted to defend themselves. Enraged, the man punched Butes in the face with either his fist or the butt of the knife and the autopsy showed that three of her front teeth were knocked back and broken uh, and she was knocked across the room. 
He then began to stab her, striking her in the chest and upper arm. It was now fight or flight in that room. Kill or be killed. Boots threw uh, the nightstand table through the window. She pushed herself through the jagged glass and fell to the ground outside, got up, sprinted to the curb, ran into the street. And then Hopper says, as quickly as she started running, she just fell straight back. Hopper ran from the room out the front door where she saw that Buttes had collapsed in the street. Mm -hmm. Hopper pounded on the door of the neighbor's house across the street, screaming for help. The man had collected his clothes and fled out of the residence. Um, So in the street now, Hopper saw a young Hispanic man running toward them. He just ran, she told the court. She saw a young woman leaning over her partner. Neighborhood kids up late on a warm night were coming to help. Um, This is July, so it's pretty warm in July in Seattle. (laughs) One of them took off a sweatshirt and gave it to Hopper. Uh, She says, I just grabbed her sweatshirt and held it up to my neck. She told the young man to call her mom on his cell phone and tell her that she loved her. And, and, quote, the next thing I remember at this point is an officer coming up to me and kind of abruptly telling me to stop screaming. The officer asked, is the bad guy gone? Which way did he go? He needed to secure the area before the firemen waiting down the block could rush in and try to help whomever they could. Hopper says, I remember they came to me, the firemen, and they didn't go to her. And I was like, go to her, go to her, go to her. Other firemen and medics would go to Buttes, but it would be too late. Mm -hmm. Hopper said that it was Buttes' calm in the face of horror that saved her life. It was ultimately Teresa's bravery and ability to think physically that saved my life. Isaiah Kalebu, 25, raped and cut Teresa Butes and Jennifer Hopper for more than 90 minutes before killing Butes and stabbing Hopper on July 19, 2009. Hopper described him as he smelled clean, he had a muscular build, he was black with minimal body hair, he spoke very softly, didn't speak too fast, and the manner in which he spoke was intellectual, like a true sadist. Um, on July 1st, 2011, so nearly two years later, the jury found Isaiah Kalebu guilty on all counts, guilty of aggravated premeditated murder in the first degree for killing Teresa Butes, guilty of felony murder for the killing of Teresa Butes, guilty of attempted premeditated murder for the attempted murder of, of Hopper, guilty of rape in the first degree for the rape of Hopper, guilty of burglary in the first degree for crawling through the open window in early morning hours as he prepared to attack them. Rewind in March 2008. First of all, this guy's fucked. Mm -hmm. And that happened less than 10 miles from here. 15. In March 2008, a tall, tough-looking man walked into a financial services firm in King County and began taking notes. His name, according to court records, Isaiah M. Kalebu. He'd arrived with his pit bull, Indo, and during a break from the note-taking, he informed a secretary that he was the rightful owner of the firm's building. He said he'd bought the property using proceeds from the sugar trade, but it had been since been stolen from him. Then he wandered around telling various people that they were fired before making himself and Indo comfortable in the conference room. 
police were called, Kalebu, 23 years old at the time, was taken to the Psychiatric Emergency Services Division at Harborview Medical Center for evaluation. In conversations with staff there, his mother said that for the past two months, her son had been behaving unusually. He slept only three hours a night, but appeared completely rusted. He spoke so rapidly, it was hard to find space for interruption. Some things he said were wildly grandiose. Is that, a word? Is that how you say it? Grandiose. Mm-hmm. I'm the king, for example, or that he was the president of the United States but had reason- recently resigned. He was irritable, unfocused, hostile to people he believed had done him wrong. He said he was going to steal his mother's grandchildren and take them to Africa. The staff at Harborview noted Kalebu's pressured speech, intense mood, tangential thoughts, intrusiveness towards other patients, and an odd smile. It seemed disconnected from the realities of the moment, a sign of what psychiatrists called the labile effect, or in more evocative terms, emotional incontinence. Mm -hmm. You know what that is? What is it? Well, maybe I don't know. Okay, great. Okay, great. Mm, Never mind. (laughs) Scratch that. Um, Their diagnosis was bipolar disorder and manic. That makes sense. It's a diagnosis that can suggest a heightened risk of violence, and after spending some time with Kalebu, Harborview staff came to believe that his impulsivity combined with worrisome statements he was making placed him at an imminent risk of hurting others. A mental health professional employed by King County and authorized uh, to involuntarily commit Kalebu if necessary was summoned. The mental health professional decided to let Kalebu go free. That episode was the first of a number of missed opportunities to detain and effectively treat Kalebu in the 16 months leading up to the July 19th attack inside the South Park home of Teresa Butes and Jennifer Hopper. Dang. And that is the murder of Teresa Butes. So that's <laughs> that story one I did not know about. Two, scary as fuck. That was scary. Just like and and what are your thoughts about it? Well, it just happened locally, you know, and it was like, oh well I was alive and living here. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it also is like a reminder of like life short. Yeah, it's, it's just really sad. It's you know, like you go to bed with your loved one. And, yeah, I'll and tell you right now, I have a hard time with true crime specifically because of all like the. It's like so real. It yeah. feels so real sometimes, and I can't imagine being in that position. And what a horrific way! One, like rapes, no joke. Like that shit is unacceptable. And for someone to like one breaking into your home, then forcibly like raping you, and like in multiple different ways, and then. Like, cutting you up, I just, like, it's so hard. Like, it makes, like, my stomach sick. Yeah, and it should. And, um, yeah. So, what a story. Yeah. Yeah. How'd you find that one? Um, I... What like, kind of... Yeah, what kind of led few, you to that one? There was a few other um, that I researched. I just searched, like, um, like top serial killers in, um, in Seattle area mm-hmm. and obviously the Green River came up I think Ted Bundy came Ted up Ted Bundy and Green River Killer yeah. um, and there's a few mass murders there's one in like Chinatown Seattle mm-hmm. um, this one was actually like number 10 um, and oh there was an there was another one like on an it was DB DB 
Cooper? D.B. Cooper? Like yeah. The airline? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, do you know? Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, trust me. Oh, I'm shit. Sorry. Yeah, D.B. Cooper was the one I was going to do on. Yeah, D.B. Like, Cooper I don't know. was like the one that he had like a bomb and he wanted money from the FBI and then yeah. the plane disappeared over by Mount Rainier and then they never like found it. The story I read oh. um, said that they were flying or he like, they were going into Seattle and he like told the flight attendant like he had a bomb or something mm-hmm. and um if I don't have $200,000 when we land like people are gonna get hurt you know what's interesting is they they put trackers on that money oh yeah yeah, yeah. they did but they never found him so yeah. so they he instructed when they finally landed they like circled SeaTac for like two hours they finally landed and then he instructed the he traded uh people on the plane for money and supplies so they like traded whatever and he instructed the pilot, like, we're going to uh, New Mexico or something. Yeah. And so, I guess somewhere over, like, between... Was it, like, Mount St. Helens? No, I think it was, like, way farther, but I don't know. Yeah. I, what I read was, like, in between, like, Utah and Nevada or something, he parachuted out. It's, it's sooner than that. And, yeah, I could be. Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. Um, But he parachuted out, and then he was never to be found again. Yeah. So that story I listened to... Um, but I think he I, just died. Because I heard on the... um. Bigfoot Collectors Club, I think, is the podcast that I listen to. And as some of you know, and Cam very much knows, like, I really enjoy, like, paranormal. I think that's why I really love, October, like, Halloween time mm-hmm. is, like, the paranormal spooky. stuff, ghosts, spooky shit. Like, but again, true crime shit gets me. Like, I have a hard time. I know a lot of people that love, like, watching true crimes or this and that. Like, I... I don't feel good about it. I don't... But, but like, a lot of people are, like, really, like, into that stuff. And I'm just... I'm not... I, I don't care to watch that. Like, realistic horror stories, like, something like Saw, mm-mm. You don't like it? Mm-mm. Mm. It makes me feel super uncomfortable. It's... Yeah. Because it's almost too real. Like, like, while you're reading that, I can definitely, like, was having, like, visions in my head of, like, like shit. Like, I can't even imagine what that would be like, but, like, putting myself in that sh- in their shoes and then, like... If I was in a situation like that, like, how would I be fighting for my life? Like, I get, like, really in my head about it and, like, almost, like, absorbing the feelings of what someone might go through. So I have to, like, that's probably why I don't watch a lot of true crime stuff. Hey, that's fine. Yeah. But. I love true crime. Solid. Yeah, a lot of people love that. <laughs> I'm weird. I'm sadistic. So weird. Okay. My turn. Okay. Okay, so my, my story. Do you have any trigger warnings? No, unless you live in a haunted house. Okay, no. Okay, so I kind of went the other way a little bit. So this is about a suburban homeowner in Seattle and their experiences of bizarre haunting. And I'm just going to read it straight off. Okay. Straight off the thing. So, okay. Story voice. Story time. Hello. Welcome to Haunted in Seattle. That's the title. Stop. (laughs) So haunted places aren't always ancient castles or decaying Victorian mansions. Quite often, they're ordinary split-level homes of the kind that you find right out of down the street from where you're at, right? Um, Perhaps you live in one, so maybe you live in one of those houses. Um, In some cases, these hauntings might be caused by some trauma or death that took place in the location. Other times, it's more elusive. Um, So... This is a story by a lady, this is a lady named Christine's experience in her North Seattle home. So between 1995 and 2004, her now, 
her now ex-husband and herself lived in a suburban home in North Seattle. The house was a standard split split level built in the 1970s and had only one owner, an elderly couple from whom they bought the house. And they were both still living, so no one had died in the home. The house had not been well-maintained, and some features like the plumbing and electrical had some issues. Um, as a result, the house did make some strange settling noises and needed a lot of work. Still, poor construction quality would not explain some of the weirdest experiences they had. So Christine wrote the fi- five of the creepiest events that happened while they lived there. They are true other than, like, she changed the names in here, but, I mean, we're not going to know that. Mm-hmm. Um also, these types are unexplained incidences stopped at the moment they moved out. So it just, they, these unexplained situations like mm-hmm. that they experienced, nothing happened past that. Mm-hmm. Um, they sell the home? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, she never experienced anything similar ever again hmm. once they moved out. So the first one, the first one is called Phantom Husband. <laughs> I know, right? Are you scared? Okay. One, and I'm going to speak it as if I'm her, how she wrote it. So, one morning, I got up, stood up at the top of the stairs at the front of the house, thinking I heard my husband in the lower floor. As in any split level, the top of the stairs faced the front door, but the view of the lower level is blocked. I could not see down below, but I heard a distinct footstep, or I heard distinct footsteps coming up the other side of the staircase. Then I saw Ted around the corner, corner, dressed in his olive green button down over a white t-shirt and a washed out blue jeans. But he looked straight, he, oh, but he looked me straight in the eye, a weird blank stare, and then dissolved into a black mass. The mass was exactly his size and shape, but just pure black, like ink. This mass then turned and returned downstairs, and I could even hear the steps creak in the other direction. As I stood there gaping, (laughs) the real Ted came out of the second bedroom wearing the same outfit (gasps) other than his shirt was plaid rather than solid olive. He asked me why I looked like I'd just seen a ghost. No joke. I'm scared. Can you imagine? Spoopy. That's spooky shit right there. All right. Event two. It's called Swinging Headphone Cord. I was watching TV in the room downstairs. A A pair of large stereo headphones were plugged into the receiver and laying on the floor. Suddenly, I noticed the top of the cord plugged into the receiver swinging violently. Nothing had moved it or had been anywhere near it. Plus, nothing in nature would have caused that motion. It was swinging as if an invisible finger was pushing and pulling the cord from top in the back and forth motion. After... What am I doing with my hand? (laughs) (laughs) After 20 seconds, it stopped. The swing stopped gradually. I thought that it was weird but not scary, so I immediately went over and tried to recreate the motion. Yet, I was unable to do so. My fingers rocking the cord back and forth made the bottom of the cord vibrate or jingle in the opposite direction. Something that didn't happen when the ghost did it. I still don't know what that was about. 
I don't know. I mean, like, when I hear, <laughs> I'm going to take a moment. When I hear about ghost stories, I'm, I'm very fascinated by them. I don't ever think about it happening to me. But then when I read it, I'm like, oh, that's some scary shit that happened to them. Even though I'm pretty much, I believe in ghost stuff. There's some stuff in this building, too. Do you know about it yet? Do you know about Herbert? <laughs> All right, ready? Third one. Light on the wall. One night before Ted moved in, I was sleeping alone in the bedroom. It was around 11.30 p.m. Suddenly, I heard one of the cats digging around in the closet and then suddenly darted under the bed. I looked up to see what or I looked up, looked up to see what looked like the light from a flashlight on the wall. It was moving around as if searching for something. And the fine movement and brightness made me think it was held by someone close by. As in, inside the house. <laughs> Can you imagine? So, I just freaked out. I was sure someone was in the next room. I jumped out of bed, only slowed down to grab my coat, wallet, and and on my way out the door and got into my car. I sat in the car and almost drove away, but then I noticed there was no one inside, no one, or no one outside, sorry. No unusual cars and, and no doors or windows had been open. After a few minutes, I finally got the nerve to go back inside. Oh my God. Oh, oh you scared me. <laughs> I was like so good. <laughs> you scared me. I was like totally into this. And you fucking scared me. I know, but you did that like, and then that scared me because I'm like so into reading it. <laughs> we just had our own scary oh spooky God. moment. I'm like um, on edge. I'm like. <laughs> I literally got full body chills this there. Um, finally, I got the nerve to go back inside, turn on every light, and checked every closet. There was nothing and no one. Some days later, I tried my own flashlight to see if it was possible for someone outside or in a house across the street to shine a flashlight into the bedroom and, and land on the light on, on the inside hallway. I was unable to do so. <laughs> can you imagine you're living al- okay I don't want to talk about it because I live alone alright next one hallucinated video oh my god this one had me wondering if I was just crazy but if did, so what? I'm no. sorry did the husband experience anything no that was before no she's just talking about five of the craziest stuff so I'm guessing there's either mutual experiencing that was before what but it sounds like well that last story she lived there alone before he moved in Oh, so gotcha. I'm guessing this is just her five okay. crazy experiences. But did he experience anything? Do we know? Uh, we don't know yet. Okay. Okay. Sorry. No, I'm, you're good. You're good. So this one had me wondering if I was just crazy. But if so, my insanity was restricted entirely to the uh, 1100 square foot area of that one home. I got home after dark, went upstairs, and noticed a rented video on the coffee table in the front of the TV. I can still see it clearly. A close-up of an elderly Irish man on a dark background with white lettering across the top, entitled Waking Ned Divine. I looked at it for 10 to 20 seconds, turning it over to see photos, the photos on the back. I thought it was very funny because this type of film was not Ted's taste. So I went upstairs, actually intending to tease him about it. Surprisingly, he had just he just seemed annoyed and said he hadn't rented that movie. 
he had rented his all-time favorite movie, Saving Private Ryan. I went back downstairs, and sure enough, the video I had seen was gone. I can now see Saving Private Ryan, one of uh, one Ted had brought instead of, or had bought instead of rented. Odder still is it was sitting at the angle at the top of the edge of the coffee table on top of another video. The phantom waking Ned Devine I had seen had been alone and aligned squarely with the uh, bottom edge of the table. How did I see it and why? Where did it go? What does that even mean? Right? Okay. Ready for the last part? Right? That's some weird shit. This one's called, this is, I think this is the fifth, the fifth one. Yeah, it's the last one. Okay. So it's called One Night Haunting. This, by far, the weirdest story from this house. It took place in fall of 1995. One night, I got home from work after dark, and as I pulled into the driveway, I got a very apprehensive feeling about going inside. I went to every room and turned on every light. Everything was in its place, yet when I turned on the kitchen lights for a moment, I saw globes of, of light floating over the stove. That was weird, but I thought it could be an illusion. I looked into the bedroom, and at that moment, the clock radio suddenly started flashing midnight. No other power had been affected. As I took a bath, I could hear distinct footsteps in the hall. Fuck no! Fuck the bathroom. no! I got I up, like this. I got up to check. No one was there other than the cats, who do not make audible footsteps. The vent covered, then uh, the vent cover then started banging when there was no wind, and so on. I eventually counted eight unusual things that happened that night. That night, I had a very lucid dream that I went into the attic and saw one of my coworkers huddled in the corner. I recognized him as Robert, someone I hadn't seen in a long time and had rarely spoken to. I asked him what he was doing there, and he replied, he was a ghost, a ghost in my attic. The next morning, I woke up very early and feeling very weird. I got out of the house as soon as I could. My mind was was racing the entire 30 minute drive to work about what in the world any of that any or in the world any of that meant i had no idea <laughs> oh jeez so i got to work and the moment i sat down my boss walked uh, walked in and closed the door he then explained that he didn't want the rumor mill to start and that robert was dead he had been fired 5 months before unbeknownst to to me Christine Mm -hmm. had gone back to the East Coast, broke up with his girlfriend, and then killed himself. Well, I was shocked, yet I was relieved that I now knew what the experience meant. I hadn't even known him that well. We had spoken a few times. I definitely would not consider myself psychic, and all the unexplained stuff that has ever happened to me took place in that house, or while I lived in that house. I haven't had any sixth sense about when I when my own relatives had accidentally or passed had accidents or passed on. So maybe um, it was the nearby power lines or effects of shoddy electrical work. All I can say is that living there was a very 
interesting experience and I sometimes miss having these stories to tell. What? And that is the story of Haunted in Seattle and her five crazy events. Where was the house? Oh, North Seattle? North Seattle. Um, Do you know if there's like follow-up of where she moved to? Nope. And they're not... There's nothing. It's just her experiences. (laughs) Crazy. Because if there was no evidence or stories that it happened after, I'd like to go with her. Yeah. I want to know if it went with her. Do you have any spooky stories for yourself? Fuck. I think my roommate just said this last week. She's like, I think her house is haunted. And I was like, oh my gosh. Shut the fuck up. Okay, say why. I said, shut the fuck up. And she said how she was like, there's just been like some weird things. Like, for example, the blinds. Like, our blinds are those old janky blinds where it's, like, they're long mm-hmm. and then you're, it's on a stick and you just, like, slide it back and forth. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're, they're um, vertical blinds. Yeah. And so she had mentioned that, like, she closed them when she get, uh, got home. And then, like, they get uh, fucked up really easily. So yeah. there were, like, two that were fucked up that she just fixed. And then she, like, walked around the corner and then came back. And then those two were unfixed again. Oh, and she was like, "I could have been high." <laughs> well, but I swear I just fixed those. Like, yeah, I swear. Dang. And then she said another time, um, she was in the shower, and then like the middle light of uh, in our bathroom was like flickering, and then it like turned off. And she like opened the curtains, and then like closed them, and then it, like turned on again. And I'm like, mm. Mm, but nothing's happened to you there. This morning, this fucking morning, bro. Today. To fucking day. It was so fucking weird. I don't know. The full moon. I don't know what's real or not. I know. Okay, tell me, tell me, tell me. Fuck. So I get up. It's fucking 4.45 in the morning. Yeah. Taking my dog Charlie out. I open the door uh, to take her outside. And then I hear my other roommate. I thought it was him. I thought he said... Hey, I thought, or hello, or something, like good morning, you know, like hey, good morning, um, and it sounded like him, but whether he was really there or not, and he wasn't, I still went, oh my god, <laughs> like I just like got so scared, like you heard I, a phantom voice, like I heard a voice, a like disembodied voice, like he was like, hey, I was like, oh, you scared me, like I was like, but uh, wait. Is he up? Did I hear that? Am I just... Did something make a sound that sounded like that? I don't know. And, like, now it's, like... Now you're, like, always second-guessing yourself after these, like, weird occurrences happen. I'm, like, did I really hear that? Yeah, because when I opened before, it? I've heard my name before and been, like, oh. Oh, God. Dude, that's some crazy stuff. So, like, in the house that I moved into and I'm, like... I had a big... Oh, it's, like... It's a one... It's, like, a one-floor uh, single bedroom and... So one night I was sleeping and I got woken up by like knocks at the door. I swear there were knocks at the door like. And I was like, huh, and like woke up out of there. And like, I swear I heard some like movement, but I didn't hear anything on my patio because you have to walk upstairs to go onto the patio to get to my front door because my home is lifted so you can see the water view. Mm -hmm. Um, But it sounded like there was like cars outside or like something. And I'm like, one, why my door in a neighborhood at like three o'clock in the morning, right? And it really kind of like got my heart racing. So the other night, 
having my man friend over and we're talking the next day and he was like hey I um I woke up to a knock at your door and I was like are you serious because instantly I thought about my experience he was like yeah I just kind of like popped awake but you're like sleeping on my chest so I like didn't want to like freak you out and like move but and I was like waiting to hear some more but I swear I woke up to knocks at your door but I didn't hear anything else after that and it was like 1 30 in the morning and so I'm like why like now I'm looking into like a ring or like some sort of security camera because yeah. I'm like that's happened now twice and I'm like why would I get random knocks at my door in the middle of the night like who's like coming that. up and like so at in, and it's a dark so like when it gets dark out in my neighborhood it's dark it's a very much like a family friendly right. neighborhood but there are no street lights yeah so I keep my my front porch light on all the time it, yeah like it is so bright but I'm like who's coming up there knocking on the door in the middle of the night like yeah. I had an experience he had an experience like it that's freaky it was a little freaky and then one time when I first moved in I was like adjusting to like one living on my own and I, you know, in my head, I think, like, ghosts and weird yeah. stuff. And I was like, this place doesn't feel bad. There's no bad energy. I didn't feel like I had to sage it. Yeah. And then I, like, remember waking up one in the middle of the night and, like, feeling like, and this is where I'm, like, wondering. I feel like I saw a shadow, like a low, like, three-foot shadow go from my bathroom into my, like, living area. from Because my bathroom's connected to my bedroom. So it, like, made, like, a quick thing. And I was like, <gasps> And then I was like, it's okay. It'll be fine. Like, we're good. But it just, it was some interesting stuff. Fuck no. <laughs> but I think the knocking thing and having someone else experience it, but not hearing anything else. Like, when someone comes up my stairs That's at my home, scary. You, you can hear, hear it. Yeah, you it's hear like, that. Boom, it's like, yeah, it's loud. And, like, it's, like, wood, like wood decking. Mm-hmm. So you can hear someone walking to the mm-hmm. door. Like, every time I've gotten an Amazon package mm-hmm. or, like, Mormons randomly come up to my door, I can hear them knocking. <laughs> and I don't With answer. Jehovah Witness. <laughs> I don't answer. But you know what I mean? So it's just kind of, like, weird. And yeah. then being that it's, like, the full moon like is Halloween like we're supposed to have like a really big like unique full moon on Halloween so like it is said three days leading up to Halloween and three days or up to a full moon and three days past weird shit happens plus like Halloween like it is thought is it is very much a pagan holiday and um like it is said like the veil is thinner between the uh, afterlife or like between the two worlds and so I really enjoy like I enjoy those reality ghost shows watching ghosty stuff oh fuck and so I mean I kind of bring myself but to have someone who's not necessarily like in that with me like they're not necessarily believers of it like I am to experience the knocking on the door like to me I don't know if you ever heard of the black eyed children Mm -mm. google that shit that's a whole nother episode but I'm like shit were there like black eyed children at my door because I'll just give you a brief synopsis so it's said that there are these children that like can show up in the middle of the night they're knocking on the door and they want in but their eyes are completely blacked out and if you guys ever experience this do not invite them into your home because it is said that if you invite them into their home your life gets fucked so whether it's demonic or like otherworldly or alien or whatever, do not let those children into your home. 
I just got sick. Ugh, don't you feel scared? I literally have goosebumps right now. So when I heard of knocking on the door in the middle of the night, because I've riddled my, I've, I've put so much stuff of like paranormal activity. Yeah, you and stuff. invite it into your life. No, that's what I just think of. And I'm like, what if it was? I'm like, let me in, let me in. What if like, <laughs> like, what if you like responded? Like, what if you like got up and like went and said something? Or what if you well, it's just open the fucking door? What Ugh, if no, no, you <laughs> don't open the door. Don't open the door unless it's your loved one who contacted you saying they were coming over. So you bet every time I leave my house in the morning, I get a little nervous going to my car. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> I'm so fucking, I'm like nervous right now. I'm a little heightened right now. I'm a little scared at my own like stories. Like that, that's more spooky than just like a straight up murder. You know? Yeah, like, straight up true crime is the things that you can't see or the things of the unknown. Like you don't know. Like, a lot of people are just very quick to dismiss paranormal stuff. But I'm like, no, that shit's real. And whether you believe me or not. That shit happens. That's fucking real. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. Happy Halloween. (laughs) Have a uh, safe and fun holiday. What uh, costume can you wear with a mask? Um, Anything. I mean, astronaut Barbie would have worked fine. (laughs) Um, A doctor. A A doctor. A a nurse. A uh, plastic surgeon. A botched plastic surgeon yeah um you can be batman you can be oh, wonder batman. woman batman covers his oh face. wait no batman covers his face you nobody doesn't be... cover his mouth oh yeah be a bane you can be spider-man bane you can be bane um iron can man be iron man you could be have a great <laughs> holiday you guys um thanks for listening Find us on Instagram at Waits Wine Wisdom and email us at Waits Wine Wisdom yeah, at gmail.com. Spooky Halloween. Spooky. A broomstick you can crawl on. We're gonna pay a call on the Adams Family.